Welcome to the Talking Small Podcast, where we make that podcast platinum. Samurai Deli, put them viewers in. Let's go. Welcome to another episode of the Talking Small Podcast. We're still social distancing as part of the podcast, so on the Skype line, a.k.a. the Snapchat line, we have Uncle Al and Chrissy Two Chins. Two? I thought it was three. <laughs> Breaking news, it's three chins still. <laughs> So we're taking Rona very seriously. We are podcasting from from parts unknown, all in separate quarantines, and uh, just loving life. How's it been, Al? Um, I haven't been quarantined too much. I mean, my life, you know, with an eight-month-old is go to work, uh, maybe go to the gym, come home rinse repeat go to the grocery store maybe go to get something to eat or something to take out so my life hasn't been that much different and i only worked from home like half of the day today so i guess we should set the scene we're in a lot of people have been quarantined for maybe like eight days but you guys can update whether you're quarantined or not but like i said i've been basically staying away from people as per usual um and you know, haven't really worked from home yet, although that's supposed to start tomorrow for me. So what, what have you guys been in the quarantine? Uh, I think it's been what Louisiana today has 20, 26 deaths. Is that what they said? No, it's 46. It's 46 deaths in Louisiana. Whoa. I think you're right. It's like 46 deaths with like 3,800 cases confirmed. What? No, no. 1,388 Fake cases. News. Jesus Christ. <laughs> See? I'm making sure Harley's on the ball here. Harley, you pass that test of flying colors. I got all my info from bradictech.com. No free ads. No last names. By the way, that's a fake Numbers news Numbers don't lie. Harley, I can't believe you're shouting him out. He refuses to come on the pod, even though he's desperate, desperately looking for a platform. Yeah, well... That's true. I also I also quote tweeted him, and when he posted some article, and I called him Bromar. So I'm probably not doing good on my chances because I don't think he likes Bromar anymore. But let's 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 get off of Bromar, uh, Al. Uh, so what I've been doing is, I, f- I found out that there's the non-essential personnel in the world, and there's the essential personnel in the world, and I am the essential personnel. So I'm still schlepping into work every goddamn day. And I'll have to tell you, traffic has been fucking gorgeous in Baton Rouge. There's no more fucking traffic. Everybody's fucking at home. And daddy can just drive wherever he wants as fast as he wants and doesn't have any traffic. It's been fucking beautiful. Harley, I don't know if I take that essential personnel label uh, as seriously as it seems like you're taking it. I saw a little quick guide earlier when the governor released the whole lockdown for the state and what qualified as quote unquote essential personnel was a laundry list of any swinging dick with the fucking job 
Yeah, yeah, it was, I, it was I, pretty ambiguous. Yeah, I have something printed out in my car that says I'm essential personnel, and we all know that is also a lie. So, I mean, I, and I've been going to work every day. This quarantine thing is weird because you know you should do it, but at the same time, it's co- completely wrecking people's lives. It's like the elephant in the room. We're all trying to save 60-year-olds, and then you're basically ruining every single person's life because, you know, it's a high death rate, yeah, and it's terrible, and you know it's a bad scene and all that. But the world's going to shit for how who knows how long because of a couple of people in retirement homes. It's pretty crazy. I agree. There's some there's a cost benefit analysis at the end of the day. You know, you're gonna wreck wreck everybody's portfolios to eh, to do what exactly? I think, man. It's, the April 13th gig, probably once you get to that point, man, I can't see it being extended much longer, if at all. Can y'all? Well, that is a very uh, special day in talking small uh, history because April 13th, that's the executive producer's birthday, Chris. So, Whoa. you know, maybe maybe we need to do some Poxitani Phil, Poxitani Pod, and Harley's going to predict whether the shutdown um, – you know, goes further or, you know, sees its own shadow. Yeah. Um, we're already anticipating it going further. So my wife says, well, what do you want to do for your birthday? I said, well, I guess I'm going to go by superior, pick up some margs, pick up some food and bring it home after work. Cause I'm essential personnel and our daddy's got to work. What a basic bitch move going to get Mexican for his birthday. <laughs> no comeback Harley, for that one Harley if you're essential personnel we know you're still working making whatever carcinogenic chemicals <laughs> Al we've heard your day today let me give you an update on my quarantine hashtag quarantine life so as of I guess today made a full week because I've Technically started working at home a full-time last Tuesday, and so did Mallory. I think this is what retirement's like. We've been uh, spending a lot more time together during the weekdays than we ever do since we're both fucking at home. A lot of bike riding, a lot of exercising at the park. We went kayaking, like, twice so far. I think the only thing that doesn't make us... uh, retired at this point is we don't have any rental properties that were or jet so so you do use uh viagra then oh man man ever since i was exposed to it years ago how is that though chris because it's kind of you know are you getting any work done it doesn't really sound like it that that's the other elephant in the room everyone's like well why can't we just work from home because you're a bunch of lazy fucks who won't actually do your work if you don't have someone looking over your shoulder. Yeah, uh, I mean, that's the other thing. I don't really have a lot of work to do. Every every court date or deposition date I've had has been canned. And they're still paying I, you? Uh, I definitely don't have a full 8 to 10 hour day on my plate. That's for damn sure. You know what I did do today, though? I uh, My charger for my laptop crapped out on me so i had to go to the office to get another one god damn there's more social distancing and isolation at the actual office i was the only one there damn near the only one in the entire building i might just start working back at the office it might be safer exactly dude today it was me and some other guy because we had to get a project out there was nobody in there nice little peace and quiet 
Get your shit done. Uh-huh. Harley, what do you think about... I, I heard you or saw you text uh, a while back that Big Brother is scanning your forehead before you can go into work. You sure they didn't insert some sort of Mark of the Beast chip in your forehead while you weren't looking? That's a that's very very astute observation as the one who has keys to my work would uh, would make. So, do you have anything to tell me about stealing my identity? <laughs> Just keep check your credit score, partner. That's all I got to say. No, I uh, so they want us to be really careful about what we release on social media about what the, actually they're doing at work. But they just had a big old article in the Advocate about like all the the plants up and down the river, and basically released all the news about like how many people in each plant have been Rona positive, what each plant's doing to check people, what they're doing. So there's articles out there. So I can't say it, but I may have my temperature checked every morning, and uh, evidently I'm doing a good job because I'm letting into work every day. However, I will tell you it's. I'm awful nervous every time I roll up to get the temperature checked because that's like precursor for Rona. Every day, these people may tell me I have Rona. Have um, have you guys had any like close calls as far as people you know were Rona positive or like secondhand exposure to the Rona or whatnot? I had some email come in my work email today was saying that somebody you know at the office has is know somebody may have come in contact with someone who has Rona, but I mean, my, my office, we have two floors. Not everybody talks to everybody. We have field personnel that, that could be, that could be in anybody. So I don't know. I think I had, you know, if I, if I'm immune to Rona, I think I had it in like middle February. One day I just felt like complete shit knocked me on my ass following week it felt like i had a regular cold but i was still coughing up green shit even though i was pretty much fine for like a month after that so i may have already had the rona and i may be a rona survivor yeah so so chris i will tell you the the my place of work has announced four positive ronas and there's other people that are that are, you know, in the testing protocol after you, after you find somebody that's positive. So I will tell you that there's no one like in my personal life that I know that's been affected at this point, but Louisiana is like the highest rate per capita. So good for us. We'll get done with this the fastest. Every other state will be in lockdown and Louisiana will be ready to party once summer comes out. Cause we are like at 280 and like cases of Rona per million people or something like that. I think there's no one close to us. Mississippi's like second at like a hundred. We're killing the Rona game. Hell yeah, uh, brother. That's herd immunity in your ass. All star. No. Yeah. You gotta, you, you, it's like a terrible time for it to come out. Like it's, it's Mardi Gras where everybody's close quarters and then boom, they all go back to their place of work. You got crawfish balls. It, it's uh this is the best weather in South Louisiana. So uh, time of the year anyway so it's it's bad time for rona it got out and it got around and yeah speaking of rona and mardi gras um a good friend of the pod eric who's following chris's footsteps trying to become a lawyer 
he was sick as a fucking dog and came down here for Mardi Gras. And, and, you know, he may be patient zero. He may have fucked some old lady at the Lambeth House retirement community and just spread the thing like wildfire. Well, jokes on Eric that if Trump's bill ever gets passed, that since 2018 he was still a dependent, he won't get any money. <laughs> Still a dependent. I just we, did my uh, taxes. As as... Well, you got all the time in the world to do them now. Well, that yeah, that's that work as from home. As, I I was uh, able to knock that knock out doing my taxes. As far as my hashtag Rona story, um, this one of the security guards at our office building, her husband was Rona positive early on so they like sent out an email to all the tenants being like hey uh, we, we sent quarantine this lady she's not at work but fyi this is going on uh one of the guys from my office went out of town for work and come to find out a guy like he was in close contact with that guy had first-hand exposure to a Rona-positive patient, but so far he hasn't tested positive or shown any symptoms, but he's in self-quarantine. And then, um, oh, there's one more. Oh, it escapes me. That might be it, actually. But just those two. So I guess so far I'm like, I'm like third, fourth-hand Rona, possibly. So I'm still clean. Clean bill of health, at least, as far as I know. Well, uh, Chris, as as the resident lawyer, they're they're releasing a lot of health information right now on people. Is this kind of a HIPAA violation, or is this like public safety number one? Got to release the, got to name the names. Yeah. Good question. Like what? What kind like, of uh, information? Like, like Harley's saying, the Nets, NBA, Brooklyn Nets had four players test Rona positive, but the only name that I heard come out with a definite I have Rona was Kevin Durant. The other three, who knows who they are, but somehow Kevin Durant was like, raised his hand and be like, yeah, that's me with that shit. So like, who leaks that to the public and can you sue him for a HIPAA violation like Harley asked? Well, doesn't HIPAA only apply to uh, healthcare providers? I could be wrong. So like if I mean, I guess it could be unethical reporting, but like if a if a ESPN or whatever gets their hands on it, I don't think they're bound by like HIPAA regulations. Could be totally wrong. Also, wasn't this an issue with Adam Schefter and Jason Pierre-Paul when he blew his fucking fingers off the Fourth of, the Fourth of July party? I think there shout was a- out the Hoof Boy still getting paid, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I think there was a big fucking hoopla about. Uh, Somehow Shefty had his hands on medical records and just went ahead and told everybody what they said. Uh, but yeah, I don't know, Harley. I don't know exactly who's reporting it. Like, it would definitely be a fucking issue if the doctor was like, hey, hey, ESPN, Kevin Durant's got Rona coming out of his ass. But I, I doubt that's the source. Oh, guys, I have breaking Rona news. As of 16 minutes ago, via Twitter.com, Pornhub has now made its premium services free worldwide and will also donate to hashtag coronavirus relief efforts. 
Well, there's a silver lining if you ever saw one. A real loser for paying for brazzers now, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, Craig's got to be furious that he's paying for brazzers during all this. Just like Al's probably furious, he's still got a gym membership. <laughs> so, but Harley was prescient with this. Maybe Har- maybe Harley was the Ted Kaczynski of gyms. Sending Rona out to, to kill Big Jim because he can't because he was sick of canceling he was sick of it and canceled his membership. That's a good conspiracy. You're in gym hate mode, Harley. Well, Chris, I, you clearly are not up to date on my uh, personal knowledge. I've uh, I've since succeeded from the gym. I have no I have no more gym membership as of January twentieth of twenty twenty. So. Outlook for 2020 was no gyms. I'm glad the whole world could join me now. Real trendsetter. Fuck your New Year's Just resolution. Just not enough motivation. Not enough energy to work out. AIDS has really zapped it out of you, huh? It makes me uh, more vulnerable for this pandemic, you dick. The IG workout skanks are really loving posting their work from home uh, booty band workout. So that, that's trending in the positive. Another big coronavirus winner is that that black dude with the big dick that keeps getting in all these memes. God, that dick is so big. <laughs> hey, um, I think another win that we might not get right away, but it'll be down the line is now that all the celebrities are quarantined, they're going to get fucking on their phones, they're going to be posting some nudes, is this a second coming of the fappening? The third fappening, really. Yeah, the fappening's been kind of like, it's like periodically releasing new stuff, but I think we're going to have a fappening renaissance, Chris, and I will be excited for it. Who's more important to history? Julian Assange with WikiLeaks or whoever the guy is who's the head of the fappening? Who do you think's influenced more clicks? Gotta be fappening. Personally, I click on I, more fappening than WikiLeaks. I can't tell you one awesome article or piece of evidence that Julian Assange released, but I can... The visions of Kate Upton are imprinted in my brain. So, <laughs> you tell me. Case closed. Hey, I got a, I got another question <laughs> about the uh, the Rona stuff. So they they had an article in Louisiana that only twenty percent of like the thirteen hundred people that are Rona positive are actually in the hospital. So where's all the supplies going? That's only like two hundred or three hundred people. They're, the, the infrastructure is just lacking. Like the, the the way the economy and everything, even hospitals and whatever, they just they make enough to supply the demand, and they don't overmake shit because then they got lost product. So like it's not for some reason it's not built into the economy. Uh, like that's the that's the major problem is you have this many people get sick this quick. They're using up all the resources. Like I have an inside source who's working in a hospital in an intensive care unit. And he said like a week ago they had, you know, PPE, which is protective 
was it Harley personal uh, protective, protective equipment? So they had PPE, like gloves and respirators and shit for people in intensive care. So the doctor would put all this shit on before they went in the room so they wouldn't um, spread the virus. Well, he said there's assholes stealing the respirators from outside of the room. So, like, if, you know, the machines were beeping, he had to run in there and he looks down and saw that somebody stole the respirator. Like, whoever stole that was is going to be, you know, probably should be charged for, like, manslaughter or something. Right, Chris? So it's just like a complete lack of resources. Also, they probably change those, um, change out the PPEs if they can several times throughout the shift, I would imagine. So it's not like just one doctor or one nurse gets a set per shift. They probably fucking turn and burn through them throughout a 12 or 18 hour shift, I would think. Does Chris sound funny to you right there, Al? He sounds like he's doing <laughs> yeah, voice. Yeah, his voice just went super high pitch. It's kind of funny. I thought you were fucking with him. Your your voice sounds funny to me too, Al. Okay, you well. Like, you sound I, like you're gargling <laughs> bacon. <laughs> <laughs> Lord, boys, baby. Um, We just finally got toilet paper after like three weeks of, you know, the shelves being out. You know, we were running low on toilet paper here and ha- having to use our left hands like they do in the middle east but we found a found a role today in walgreens so good for me just do my method man hop in the shower hop in the shower and put the same boxers back on after you get out (laughs) no problem with it um my dad was researching a bidet to try to combat the lack of toilet paper, and he said that they upcharged the bidets two hundred bucks. So he said, "Fuck that." I can't see my dad ever using a fucking bidet, but he was getting desperate. I I also look for bidets on Amazon, and and they were sold out or not going to be here till April. I go now. Nah, I'll find toilet paper before that. Fuck that. But toilet paper was sold out on Amazon too. It's like, what are these people thinking? They're thinking the water's gonna go out when you know when the shit hits the fan. That's essential personnel, people. All right, do y'all have anything else y'all want to burn on on Rona, or y'all want to go to uh, something else? For for uh, Harley, you know, me and you have been working pretty much every day. Are you getting? Uh, how are you feeling about people? posting lists of what to watch when you're on quarantine like all these people are, are doing jack shit you when you see that it when you see that do you get pissed off or you're like okay i'm getting paid and these people probably aren't getting paid because they're doing jack shit i just gotta say the guy who has the keys to my plant mr chrissy four chins five chins however many chins he got he keeps them checks coming daddy getting paid daddy don't care you can't care about these people watching videos and shit while you're at work. I, uh, Craig's been doing that for years, faking like he's at work and just watching videos. I mean, you don't have many people that got weird, uh, work ethics anymore. Yeah, all these people saying, I can do just as good a job working from home as I do in the office. You're just sitting there fucking binge watching, you know, tiger cat or whatever the fucking latest netflix documentary that's a rage until the next one comes out hey don't you shit on tiger cat yeah tiger cat (laughs) no i i totally agree you are fucking not unless you unless that's your 
your normal form <laughs> and you don't have an actual office to go to and so you make it work, fucking working from home is a goddamn joke. <laughs> All right, so since we were just ranting about people talking about binge and stuff, do you guys want to talk about a little bit about uh, Love is Blind before we get into other stuff? Well, how far along are you? I don't want to spoil anything. Uh, spoil, spoil it away. I, I'm on the, I've moved on to The Sopranos. All right. I'm, uh, I've probably got three episodes left, so... Harley, where are you at? Did you finish it yet? Yeah, I'm completely done with the reunion and everything. So, I'll let you lead off. I'll just jump in where I see fit. Uh, so, Love is Blind, I thought that there was going to be some Uggos matchup and that the initial reaction was going to be like, oh my God, I can't believe I matched with this person. And I didn't get any of that. So, I was kind of disappointed. I was watching through. I thought there was some good stuff. But the at last couple episodes absolutely make up for everything else do not stop watching it at the end of it it is fucking gold to see the weddings at the very end holy shit there's actual weddings oh yeah yeah you fucked they get they actually so, go walk down the aisle so al i i know you only watched like half of the first episode and i did the same and was like ah fuck it, i'm not wasting my time <laughs> And then everybody kept raving about it. And so I was like, all right, well, let me at least finish the first episode. So we finished the first episode. And I'm thinking the whole season is just going to be these fucking numbnuts dating, like, on either side of this wall and this whole love is blind experiment. Well, when you finish the first episode, it gives a teaser for the rest of the season showing that. They get engaged, they meet the family, couples retreat, engagement, planning the wedding, having the wedding. It's like a goddamn roller coaster of a relationship compressed into like 35 days. It's it's good stuff. And the original premise, I guess, if you're listening to this, not when it's trendy and forgot, you know, we forgot what the show is, it's... A bunch of dudes are on one side of a wall. A bunch of chicks are on another side of the wall, and they basically talk through the wall and without and not able to see each other and have some sort of. This was like, this is like the old school version of an aim chat room. Do you guys think you would have been good on this show? No, I'd been terrible. Like if you were single, if you were single. No, I'd be terrible. I don't want to fucking talk to people normally. And if I can't see them, I'd be doing like push-ups on the other side or like fucking with the person. I, I, I don't, I would not have been good for this show. I would have been bored. I'd have been a dickhole. They wouldn't see, catch my sarcasm. It would have been bad for me. Chrissy? Who's, who's your favorite character so far? Um, Probably the... CEO that walks in and says, "Oh, you sound black. Are you black?" and totally fucks with the whole experiment. <laughs> Besides that guy, because that guy needed some more screen time. Because there's no way that's the only person he did something bullshit to. Which is my biggest complaint. The whole show is, I guarantee there was way more gold there, but they didn't. They didn't show it. But um, as far as the couples that went to like the engaged or further. <sighs> I'd have to say I had to like watching Damien and Gigi the best because that was just you never knew what was happening. That was just fucking great TV at all times. 
I'm a big fan. Of, yeah, I agree about Damien and Gigi. I'm a big fan of Messica, a.k.a. Jessica and Mark. So, Al, spoiler alert, <clears throat> this chick is 34, he's 24. She, she, when they're originally dating behind the walls, she quote-unquote dumps Marky Poo because she thinks she's going to be proposed to by this big hunky baseball player, Barnett. <laughs> then Barnett di- uh, through the wall dumps her ass. Keep in mind they've only you know been on uh, dates as far as talking through the wall for maybe three days at this point. Barnett dumps her. Now she realizes, oh shit! If I don't get engaged, I'm off the fucking show. So she goes crawling her little fucking ass back to Marky Boy. He takes the bait. Ever since then. Oh, it's just a roller coaster of maybe the world's worst human. I don't think Messica could be a worse human being. She does one thing and fucking says the other. And then she puts all these restrictions on Marky Boy. She, she's literally cucking this dude left and right. And this guy, I can't see the goddamn writing on the wall. I kind of <laughs> feel bad for him. But, it's, but at some point, you got to be like, man. That that's on that's on you if you end up with that woman because that fucking shit ain't going anywhere. You'll you'll be you'll be divorced in nine months. Hey Chris, would you uh would you have smashed Mexico? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> her her voice is infuriating. See, I didn't pick up on her voice being that bad. Like when I was watching it until PMT mentioned it, I didn't really have that issue. But now that they say oh, it, oh jeez, yeah, dude, it was bad. <laughs> I didn't listen to the PMT things because I don't want spoilers, but uh, yeah, we noticed that right away. Like her voice was sort of annoying to begin with, but then she would like take it to this other high pitched level that was just, you know, way too put on and it hurt my ears, man. To to get a little granular, Al, there's this one really good <laughs> where, where her and Marky Boy are talking like futures and finances. And, you know, this guy's a 24-year-old fitness instructor, so he's just getting by scraping nickels together. Yeah, right? he's he, only thing he's investing in is Limu. No, exactly. he's, got, he's definitely got body by Chris. This guy is not your uh, what I would have thought what a fitness instructor would look like. Uh, he's definitely the guy that just takes, like, 45-year-old women who are just trying to reduce their blood pressure and taking them through the various exercises at any run-of-the-mill gym, no doubt. But so they're they're having this conversation about futures together and finances and, and they're obviously talking about the ten year gap and how she's more financially secure. And she just does the subtle drop. Well, you know, now that I'm at six figures in my career, I just have different things to think about. <laughs> like, did you fucking laugh at that part? I, I absolutely love that she wanted to brag about making six figures by age thirty four. I absolutely was all over it now she definitely you can tell she actually had like a decent home and stuff so she evidently she was put together some but when she started drinking that wine she got white girl wasted and it was just fucking fantastic television harley what'd you think about the blow up between um carlton and diamond all right so I don't think that I tell somebody on the other side of the wall that I'm 
bisexual. I I don't I get the premise is supposed to be like open up and find true love and propose. And I get it, it's kind of fucked up to propose and then tell somebody you're bisexual, but that seems like that should be a face to face conversation. Now, I don't know why he was being like a whiny little bitch about it before. Like, he was playing passive-aggressive and being an asshole before he even told her. Because he's bisexual. Oh, you have a lot of experience with that? You got mood swings? Boom, headshot. Oh, damn. I was saying he's acting like a chick because he likes dudes. No, it wasn't wasn't like that. He was just, he was like being a dick and... And wearing the daddy hat was kind of fucked up, fucking weird, and so I yeah, that daddy hat was overcompensating for something, no doubt. The dude was wearing blouses from the couple episodes I watched, so I wasn't surprised. Well, you wear blouses too, don't you? God damn it, you got me there. <laughs> Harley, the best thing to come out of that whole blow up was I don't remember exactly how it went down, but. She said something about him being fake or disingenuous, and he clapped back with a comment like, oh, just like your wig, huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like how she said she's going to back her ass up to the next dick. I still think him throwing the ring into the pool, I don't know if that happened. There's no way if I paid for an engagement ring and it was worth anything, i fucking chuck it into the pool. They, they, you, you know they didn't pay for those, like... First of all, they go into the show not knowing if they're going to get engaged. There's no way they they had the foresight to buy the ring. That's that's all provided by the producer. I I don't know. There's some clues in the later episodes that they actually pay for a lot of this stuff, which I think is a great job by Netflix because you got these idiots to fund most a, a little bit of your show. But um. No, Chris, I thought I thought that that blow up was really good. I thought, and I don't know if you've got to it yet. Have you seen uh, Jessica sit by the fireplace alone to talk to um, uh, B? Barnett? Yeah. No, I don't think so. Okay. So in one of the episodes you're about to get to, it's the greatest moment I've ever seen in television. She pulls the, oh, you think you, uh, hey, I heard uh, you might be having second thoughts. No, I'm not having second thoughts. Oh, you're not having second thoughts? Yeah, me, me neither. It was absolutely <laughs> blew up in your face. It is so great. Great TV. Mexico, Mexico brings the TV. So, Al, do you, uh, you like the X-Tank mechanic for Amber, too, or what? What do you mean? Amber. That's the chick on the show, and they keep calling her an ex-tank mechanic. Oh, yeah, it's hilarious. <laughs> I uh, At first, you know, being in the, the, the chemicals industry that I'm in, I thought they meant like she was a like an actual, like, tank, like a water tank t- uh, mechanic, and I was like, that doesn't make any sense. And then I realized she was always wearing fatigues, and she said she was ex-military, which made it seem like she's made her way around the barracks a couple times. Hey, Chris? Yeah, she's going way too far out of her way to be like, quote-unquote, one of the guys, or um, just kind of being a dominating presence in the, in the whole show. Just She's overcompensating for a shitty upbringing, so... 
But overall, Al, I think you gave up way too early. Chris, there is some so good TV moments in the last couple. And then the reunions got some fucking just gems. Oh, I didn't know there's a reunion. Oh, yeah. Fuck. Oh, yeah. It's It gets it gets pretty good. There's 11, 11 uh, basically hour-ish episodes to watch. So it's a good, it's a good 11 hours of TV. Yeah, I'll finish it soon. Yeah, I think Eric would have been our best friend on that because Eric would be asking questions through the wall nonstop, and some of these chicks would have just thought the questions mean meant he was interested in them. But then Eric would probably have never ever asked a girl to to uh, marry him, so it would have been just good TV for the questions. Eric would have filled that notebook up on the first episode and asked the producers for another one. <laughs> Well, that assumes that he actually listens or cares about the answer. You guys want to transition from one uh, love show to a love story that we got to witness a couple weeks back? Yeah, go start it off. Well, well, I mean, you were in the uh, the groomsman party, Chris. I think you should start it off with the lead up to the wedding. You know what everybody was wearing and whatnot. Well, hold on. Before before that starts, I just want I want to let you know, Bob did not like the shtick of McGinnis marries a McGinnis, the incest of McGinnis wedding. He didn't like the shtick. I feel like I got under his skin a little bit. He jokingly, but probably was semi serious, disinvited me to the wedding that the day of for doing too much shtick. So I just want to point out that. Bob, you married a McGinnis, and it's never looked more beautiful. Chris, should I give should I give the rundown of uh, wedding gimmicks? You know, every every time before somebody gets married, we just create all these gimmicks or funny shit to do at the wedding that we never actually do. So you want me to give Harley just did one of the gimmicks, which yeah. I'll explain yeah. to the viewers out there. The gimmick was. Bob is already technically married, so his wife technically has his last name right now, and then he was getting, you know, married again, and for this ceremony, he was marrying a McGinnis, like Harley was saying, so the joke is an incest joke there. Uh, Another one of the gimmicks was, uh, you know, whether Bob would uh, reminisce about all the girls he hooked up with, like he used to do uh, on our couch, uh, <laughs> scrolling through Facebook saying made out with that chick once almost got a hand job from this chick once made out with this chick at a bar once. So uh, another one of the gimmicks was every at the wedding, everybody would just clink their glass and make a toast individually. So like 10 people would end up doing a toast. I don't think anybody did a toast at the actual wedding. Uh, Another gimmick, everyone show up with the Peaky Blinders hats. That would have been funny. And uh, and then the last one was stealing shit from the wedding to make up for uh, Chris's tailoring costs he endured. So, Chris, do you want to take the people through that? Oh, the whole suit? Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, God. So that's a fucking... That might need its own goddamn episode. <laughs> So, it's in Bob's wedding, and obviously as a groomsman, you get the suit, right? And so he sends us the link to the black tux. Have you guys ever used that? No. 
Anyway, if you've never I've heard it advertised on podcasts, not our podcast yeah, though. It's actually a pretty good service. It's just as simple as putting in your measurements, and boom, they send you the shit. Well, it was a suit, and you, I figured if I was going to already, you know, be 100, 150 bucks in on renting a suit, I might as well just buy it, right? <clears throat> and it comes to me early since I purchased it. Yeah, you just write it off. Exactly. So. I get it a month early. I put it on. Fits like a goddamn trash bag. And it'd be, it'd be one. It'd be one thing if you know. Let's let's call it what it is. I'm not called Chrissy Three Four Chins for nothing. Put on a little weight. It'd be one thing if the suit didn't fit me because my measurements weren't updated and it was just too tight. But it fits so fucking awkwardly. The pants were entirely too long. They fit fine on the waist. The jacket was the right length but incredibly tight on my shoulders just completely fucked up so i take it to an alteration shop called men's alterations in the middle of nowhere in metairie it's a chinese or vietnamese lady whoever men is she's the only one working at the shop in this little hole in the wall and that's how you were exposed to corona (laughs) yeah for real so, anyway, I only tell you that to say that this isn't like some fucking expensive tailoring shop, right? She marks it all up for me, cashes me out 97 fucking dollars for alteration. That's how many fucking cuts and sews and snips she had to do. So, um, at this point, I'm, I know I'm getting fucked, but I'm like, well... Maybe that truly is the price. Maybe it won't be that much different if I go anywhere else, whatever. I'll, I'll fucking bite the bullet. I pay for it. Get it. She does a great job. The suit fits me fine. It's actually a fine suit, which is why I went ahead and bought it. Um, so then at the wedding, you know, got a couple of drinks. I mean, you know how wedding parties go. You uh, start boozing pretty early. So you get that liquid courage in you, plus you're having fun already. And, and I'm boogieing, right? Well, then I do my signature move. Hike the pants up as far as you can go on your sternum. And boogie. Drop it low. But what I don't account for is now I've got all this prime rib, beer, and wedding cake sitting in my belly. So when I hike my pants all the way up on my sternum, I've got this big bulge poking out on them, right? From my belly. And as I drop it low, you can just hear it. At least I could hear it. <laughs> Fucking pants split wide open. You guys got a good photo of that, right? Yeah, I have a picture of that. I can post that. Yeah, we were sitting right next to you when you did it. I've got a good photo of the whole blowout of the pants sitting on the ground. So I, um, I contact... Since I already fucking purchased this shit, since I, since I already purchased it, I contact our customer service department and I'm like, hey, I bought your shit. I'm going to send back the stuff that I rented, but the pants blew out on me. I want you to replace them and they fit like shit. I want you to at least eat some or, or share some of these alteration costs. You know how that shit goes. I'm on the phone for 30 minutes with customer service. Nobody has the fucking juice. 
to pull the trigger or offer me some sort of deal. So they're clearly going back and forth with their management. I take the approach of being very stern, yet polite, and boom, got it done. They reimbursed me up to, I think, $30 on the alterations and uh, sent me a brand new pair of pants. So, trash bag suit is actually now finally tailored and fits right. And uh, I did, it didn't cost too incredibly much. So, you did all that bitching and you basically got $30 off in pants that actually don't have a hole in them? Well, they I shipped back the pants that did have a hole in them. They shipped me a brand new pair. Right. So you got, you know, what you should have originally got, and then they only took $30 off? Uh, yeah, and I realized that I, that men probably totally fucked me on the alteration fee. She probably triple-charged me. <laughs> <laughs> she knew a sucker when she saw one. She, exactly. she could tell you put on a couple pounds and knew she could get away with murder. <laughs> probably. Bob's wedding was the first time I've ever ridden in a limousine. You guys ever ridden in a limo? I think I r- r- rode in one for a basketball tournament. I was like 13, and the, I guess the parents Whoa. thought it would be funny. Billy balling out. Ow. I think we did. Al, you had a you rode in a limo in Vegas. Remember, your dad got a limo when we got off the fucking plane the oh, first yeah. time. We went. Yeah, to- we did that. He stopped off at the booze store. Yeah, it was only twenty dollars. It was this is before Uber existed, and it was going to be like the cost of a. Uh, I mean, we assumed it was going to be the cost of a regular cab, which probably right around that. And he stopped off at the liquor store for us. Yeah, that was swag. Yeah, I've probably been in a limo like five times, but never ha- have. Uh, it looked like you guys were having way more fun than I've ever had in a limo. Dude, we were only in the limo for 20 minutes. Just picked us up from where we were staying at uh, to go to the wedding venue. I guess it did take people back, but some people uh, drove back. But God damn, that was a lot of fun, man. Y'all were popping bottles. Yeah, he had cha- it was champagne service and everything. And I don't think they're that expensive. So Who, who hooked that up, Grant? <laughs> Uh, no, I, I want to say Megan's mom. Uh, point being, it was so fun. It would be, and I, I think they're relatively inexpensive. It'd be worth it just fucking riding around in one of those things drinking all night. Yeah, they got party buses and stuff like that. There's a whole industry there, Chris, about riding around cars getting drunk. Hmm. Now, now, do you guys want to, um... You know, getting to the actual wedding. Let me let me give you one quick little side story before you do the actual wedding. So Friday night we stayed at the Airbnb. It was just me, Russell, Bob, and Grant. And we get there, and Bob had already like seen the details on the description of the Airbnb place, and so he knew that it was right above a bar. Little did we know that this wasn't just any regular bar. This was a bar with a full-on DJ with an incredibly loud sound system. <laughs> and the entire Airbnb shook until the bar closed, which was 2 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and this was in Covington, of all places? Yeah, downtown Covington has a little you know it's like downtown hammond or something they probably got five bars or something like that and the one bar that this airbnb is above is like the 
live music venue. They've got a live mu- a live band stage, and then right outside, which is where we were above, is the DJ. And so we were there on Friday night. We had gone to the crawfish boil or whatever, and uh, you know we're trying to call it a night by midnight, I guess. But goddamn, the whole building is rattling. And when uh, when we woke up the next morning, Grant and Russell looked at each other and they said, "Hey, what'd you think about that Travis Scott remix the DJ did at around 1:30?" <laughs> Chris, sources yeah. say that the worst crawfish that was ever boiled in Louisiana history was boiled that Friday. <laughs> you might not be wrong. <laughs> Harley, Harley, you want to give him a couple tips? Just, just something real quick off the bat for him. Yeah, um, just never do it again, Chris, and save everybody the <laughs> fucking heartburn. <laughs> Like holy shit, you just you you butchered so many sacks of crawfish over the years. Just just come over to the country when quarantines are over and and just take some notes. Okay, I can do that. Now, um, the day of the wedding on Saturday, um, I made it to my seat before the ceremony started. Had my, had my uh. Mom dropped us off, a couple drinks, hopped out about 10, 15 minutes before the wedding. You know, it's a small, intimate wedding, got my seats. And as I'm getting out of the car, the executive producer calls me and says, hey, I'm going to text you, and uh, if it's during the ceremony, just let me know when it's over, and then I'll uh, then I'll show up. So, you know, the executive producer was running a little bit late. All right, so uh, this was my confession segment. Uh, Bob, hand up. I missed your ceremony. Uh, we pulled up in the middle of it, uh, had booze in the car, decided not to get out until you walked away and you walked away. And then, uh, I got out of the car. Of course, my parents drove us as well. Cause my parents live near there so we could pregame booze. And, um, sorry, Bob, I didn't get to see your, uh, your incest wedding to, uh, McGinnis. And Harley, you... <laughs> Harley, uh, as soon as you saw me at the wedding, or maybe you sent it in a text message, you said your dad, who was driving you to the wedding, asked um, your wife how to break a mule, which we all found very amusing. Yeah, so we're sitting there waiting for Bob to finish getting getting the ceremony, and my dad just t- turns around and goes, Hey, uh, Ella, how do you break a mule? D- dead serious. And then they started talking about breaking mules, and I was sitting there going, "Get the fuck out of here!" I this is this is great. This would be great pod. Unfortunately, I don't have the recorder with me. Now, Harley, what you missed at the wedding ceremony was Lasus was using his limo reps, limo uh, limo video reps, to be a great master of ceremonies. He he uh, he orchestrated it great and he got a big pop uh towards the end where he when he said by the power invested me invested in me by universal life church that got a real big pop in the audience (laughs) um and you know there was there was a lot of a lot of people in the wedding uh bob sent us some preliminary pictures chris being a groomsman and they were taking you know the bridal party shots and everyone was in the spirit, and then Chris was just ruining pictures left and right. It's pretty good comedy. We'll post those. 
uh, Chris. I didn't mean to. Chris, thanks for all the uh, the pub just yelling about Talking Small podcast every two seconds when they're taking pictures. I appreciate that, buddy. Oh, oh, when the photographers, you know, instead of say cheese, I said Talking Small podcast. <laughs> Better than Harley in, in Portland saying MAGA on three. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Um. Some of those photos, I feel terrible. I hope they got some good ones because I look pretty disengaged and uh, out of it. Harley, have you seen them? It's pretty fucking funny. Uh, no, I haven't seen any of them. So uh, I, I look forward to, to watching Chris uh, ruin an incest wedding. Okay, um, I got a couple MVPs of the wedding. You guys can weigh in on this. I have three um the bartender the bartender had a he he was a little odd looking but he had a very heavy hand i mean the the selections of booze you know taka for vodka or benchmark whiskey it didn't matter the way this guy poured after your first drink you weren't your taste buds were dead i asked him for a whiskey he filled it filled the cup up all the way to the top i didn't even have to ask him i tipped him a 20 and we were uh having a good night people were getting fucked up um, the um, the short older guy. There was only one bartender at the wedding. Yeah, he was good. He was so good that if you went regularly enough, he memorized your order and would just boom have it there as soon as he saw you approaching. Filled to the brim. Yeah, but he filled it to the brim with Tatka, man. I why? Like, come on, Bob. Hey, you can only play the orchestra with the instruments you were given, and he he was uh, doing with the best, uh, doing the best he could. No, I've never been to a to a wedding and didn't go whiskey. Whiskey's my go to, and I'm not drinking Benchmark. I'm not that. I had I was drinking Mick Ultra. I was, I, I don't know. I think alcohol choice that night caused uh, caused some uh, some 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 bad vibes from the wife. The wife was not into the taka. Uh, not not super your, excited. Your about wife it. was crushing what red wine though. I thought, huh? No, shoot, Mick Ultras. Uh, uh, another MVP of the wedding, Mister Dave Cigar Corner. Now, Mister Dave, I think is Bob's new father-in-law, and he had a corner outside with a box of cigars, fancy lighters, cigar cutter, and they were just over there hooning on some cigars. It was. It was quite the corner over there. Apparently, he had a pistol on him the whole time, too, right? Now, that's a part um, Bob's mother-in-law, Megan's mom, gave a, gave a speech on the dance floor after the first dances and all that. And she, uh, you know, she threatened Bob, saying if he didn't act right, then Mr. Dave is going to bring out the pop-pop, alluding to uh, shooting him with a gun. So I think you may be right, Chris. Uh, I think Bob mentioned it previously. Apparently, Mr. Dave doesn't go anywhere without his pistol on him, which is a really great gimmick, but he must not drink because I don't think you're allowed to have your gun on if you're drinking, and that just doesn't... I I can't live that life. But if you've got your own cigar corner... Do you really need a drink anymore? You kind of run run the whole show, whatever venue you're at. Yeah, but you do need to drink. 
You can, you can, I can't catch a buzz off a cigar. That's what I was trying to uh, ascertain from the cigar corner. Like, have I been smoking these things wrong for years? Yes, Harley. I know I've smoked the Swisher Sweet backwards, but you know, <laughs> I always feel like I'm doing a cigar wrong. I never. I, I'm trying to catch a buzz if I'm inhaling stuff into my lungs, and cigar never quite does it for me. I agree. Who's your Who's your third uh, for MVP in the wedding? Um. We're not going to talk about Chris's Fortnite dances. Those were really good, but I'll go. My, my third MVP of the wedding was Chris, the Uber driver. You know, my old lady, as I alluded to earlier, the bartender was a little heavy handed. My old lady was shit faced and we need to get home ASAP. And, uh, Uber was taking forever. Some people were waiting for the limo and whatever. And Chrissy Uber driver stepped up brought us home so i'll give chris the third mvp of the night for that one. Oh, it's no worries i thought you were going tim brzezinski getting it lit and started on the dance floor i was for sure you were going that route no that was all the dj no the dj cannot be mvp the dj was terrible yeah the dj doesn't get mvp we brought the limbo out with you know you take somebody's belt off and have people doing the limbo and he was actually playing the limbo song and then before we got to the end he just like changed the song and people just stopped doing the limbo i was very disappointed in that where was i doing that i don't even remember seeing the limbo well it only let we didn't get the crown a winner because the DJ cut the song, but Brzezinski was still in it. I think Kruski hit the deck. Kruski always does really well at the one, though. Uh, this was a gimmick at this wedding that apparently is popular, but I've never really seen it. People paying money to dance with the bride or groom is like some sort of way of giving the bride and groom money. But like it's the money dance. I haven't really seen that at a wedding. It was kind of weird. It was, uh, Kruski's mom, Miss Cheryl was in line. Uh, she had an envelope. She goes, I'm doing whatever I want to him. I got a hundred dollars in here. I'm going to dirty dance with Bob. And then, you know, when she got next in line, I think she just ran and jumped into Bob's arms. So that was pretty funny. Yeah. I've seen the money dance at probably 75% of the weddings I've ever been to. Really? I think that was the first one. That's kind of creepy. I've got a really good video, and I snapped it. But y'all probably saw it hung over the next morning, forgot about it. But we went to, since we couldn't sleep at a minimum until post 2 o'clock in the morning at this Airbnb, we all went to that bar. (laughs) Went down down to the area where this DJ was at, and I've got a great video of Mallory dancing to a Jay-Z song. And in the background, there's two chicks, like, totally bent over, downward doggy, twerking. And Brothy is between Mallory and the chicks that are twerking and fake raining money on them like it's a strip club. It's fucking good. <laughs> the the post-party uh, at the bar was good. You guys missed out. Harley, what the fuck happened to you? You just kind of disappeared. So we went we went back to this Airbnb and we started walking walking around in there and we were kind of waiting for all these people to get there and didn't know what was going on 
My wife started losing her buzz. I started losing my buzz. Realized that, holy shit, it's only 9.30. I said, uh, you know what? I know this is this is about time to go. Called me and my Uber driver, a.k.a. my mom, and she came and picked us up from the Airbnb. So we ditched out of there pretty cool, probably about like 20 minutes after we were there. Once we realized that this party wasn't going to get started anytime soon, we we ducked out. Yeah, we probably went to the bar about an hour after you left. Yeah, it's too. That was too long. Like, I, there wasn't there wasn't much going on in that. Like, there was not. I don't know. There was bad bad. Y'all vibes. didn't have booze in that. Y'all didn't have booze in that Airbnb. Yeah, we had plenty. Yeah, they 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 had, they had some booze, but it was. So how was Harley losing his buzz then? No, nah, it, it, it Al, it was it was it was weird vibes in there. There were it wasn't it wasn't like after wedding party atmosphere. What what were the vibes, Harley? Why was it weird? Um, uh, I I don't know. Chris, you were saying at the wedding, you know, you were bragging about how you're one of the only people you know who's actually consummated on his wedding night. You get that? You get any dirt from Bob? He score? Oh, I, oh man, I, I can't fucking remember because I saw Bob the next morning. We went to breakfast. I think I don't think he did. <laughs> I'm gonna have to. We'll have to ask him. I can't remember what he said. Well, usually like you wouldn't want to consummate your incest wedding. So good job for you, Bob. I think me and Russell are the only ones so far I know that have actually consummated on wedding night. Harley did his wedding night right and and potted. Well, I'm also the only person that slept in the bed with two different women on his wedding night. So Whoa. shout out to me. Didn't fuck you. <laughs> 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 That's also true. Hashtag facts. You know, uh, so overall, you know, the wedding was a good time. People were, what, what really was surprising me was just how shit faced everyone was, which, uh, you know, made me happy. And there was, um, this is, you know, I don't want to offend anybody, but there was just a lot of like people. I had no idea who they were, where they came from or whatever. And there wasn't really a lot of mingling between the sides. It was, you know, everyone sort of stick to who they knew. And I don't think there was a lot of, uh, knowing new people there, which, which is good. That's kind of how I like it. Uh, I had fun. It was fun. We got you guys got a really good Instagram post out of it. Oh yeah, that was that was yeah, that was some good pictures of us uh, us plus uh, Eric on the uh, on whatever that fucking stair banister looking thing was. Yeah, another gimmick in the night was my old lady being drunk and saying it was too bright in the venue and trying to talking to everybody who worked there to try to turn off lights and just sneak <laughs> turning off lights. I didn't know that. Oh yeah, she was on a fucking mission every five minutes. Don't, don't you guys think it's too bright in here? And then she would just weasel off to a corner and try to get a light off. No, I, I remember Take that. That was good stuff. 
I thought she did get a light off at one point, right? She was talking. To oh, D- she got a couple off. I, I think she turned one off herself. She t- was like talking to the little pimple face guy who worked there. Like, come on, man, you got to turn this light off. They're they're done taking pictures and stuff, and and got him to turn another one off. I think, and then got him to dim them too at one point. She was persistent. Speaking of pimple face working there, did y'all see Caitlyn Jenner working? Oh, yeah. There was a question whether uh, the person at the roast beef carving station was was a man or a woman. I wasn't sure, but I made good friends with them and kept getting uh, roast beef all night. (laughs) They put that on you, huh? (laughs) Juicy, juicy. Hey, Chris, how did all the uh, black and white pictures Mal was taking come out? Because I saw her put about 20 on Facebook, and evidently I didn't make the cut. So feeling feeling maybe black and white's not my uh, my best angle. Oh, she just walked out here. Mallory Harley says uh, he's jealous. She didn't take a good black and white photo of him. Chris's voice is so weird right now. Yeah. I took a bunch of photos of you, but none of them were good. <laughs> oh, you're not photogenic, Harley. Sorry. No, that's what I said. I said, Chris, I didn't make the fucking cut. Yeah, because your photos were shit. I well, I mean, you. if you could, you make the cut by sympathy, so just keep that in mind. You have an inside with the person making the making the cuts. I don't think I can't think of any other really good stories to come out of the wedding. It was just a. Uh, Good drunken reunion, I guess I would say. Hey, Chris, what did you think about the uh, the snaps you were getting with the stolen valor before the wedding? Oh, Harley, you thought Bob was not pleased with you for, you know, the incest gimmick? <laughs> he was very unpleased with me wearing the marine hat. <laughs> In all fairness... He was stressed out. I get it. He was, uh, so that morning Bob left to go get a haircut and it ended up being a goddamn five hour haircut. He, uh, he went with LaSeuse to LaSeuse's barber and apparently the gimmick was like, oh yeah, this guy is so good. He's got such a busy client base that comes on Saturdays. You got to get there early. Yeah, we'll get there at like 530 because he opens at six. <laughs> so I don't know about y'all before eight o'clock for a goddamn haircut on a Saturday. They didn't get there quite that early, but they probably left around nine o'clock, I guess I would say. And he did not get back to the um, Airbnb until after one, I think. So while they were gone, I fucked with them and put on uh, Bob's class a or whatever you call those those fancy marine uniforms i put on the hat for it none too pleased (laughs) i love those snaps chris that's that stolen valor is always a great gimmick (laughs) hey bob i feel you chris was always trying on my clothes trying to be me too I, i understand your pain (laughs) <laughs> hey, don't act like you didn't have stolen valor today wearing that fire retardant clothing while you were working from home, Al. Only work from home half a day. Well, that's half a day of stolen valor. I had to pick up some metal and get it powder coated, so I was doing some fire retardant work. 
What kind of metal are you getting powder coated? Don't you worry about it. ANSI 161 gray, bro. Al's getting new rims on his Corolla. <laughs> it's a Camry. I was gonna say. Whatever. I was gonna say, Chris. He's finally picking out a ring. Boom, got him. Oh, spoiler! Breaking news. <laughs> I don't know, Al. It'd be good content to do a uh, little content creation by uh, getting getting a little engagement. You'll be the first ever quarantine engagement. I've yet to see that happen on social media. Oh, quarantine engagement. That, that, that would be awkward if you get a no and you still have to be quarantined with the same person. Yeah, so she can't <laughs> say no. It's, it's a, well, you can. <laughs> no uh, Engagements, do you think, say no? It's gotta be so low, right? Yeah, even on Love is low. Blind, the engagement rate was a hundred percent, and they didn't even look at each other. Well, that was the uh, like I think in the second episode, someone got engaged after like the third or fourth date. That I think they were just doing it so they could get to actually see the person because it really didn't mean anything. It just it just got them to see the person, right? So. I got one more thing on the Rona that I'm really burning on. You guys ready for it? Go off, King. So, right when this happened, and you know the NBA was kind of at the forefront of canceling the season or at least playing an empty stadium, blah, blah, blah. Y'all seen the whole Kevin Love is picking up the tab and going to help alleviate some of the financial burden that the concession stand workers are having. Yeah. Zion... Zion did the same thing. Bull fucking shit. Give me a goddamn break. That's a fucking PR stunt by either their agent, if that player is actually picking up the tab themselves, or that the team's doing it, which the team really should be doing it because the team is part of the league, and the league are the ones that are you know canceling the season and outright putting these people out of work. And speaking of these people being out of work, there's no fucking way that's their full. How many home games does an NBA team have in a week? Three at the absolute most. It's an 82-game season, so you get 41 home games. That's not your full-time job. And you're only working fucking what? Five? Six, it's probably six hours by the time you get there before the game and clean up after the game. Are you telling me that the max hours you can have... At your job in a week is 18 hours. That's your full-time job. And what do those people actually make? It can't be more than $15 at the absolute most. It's a fucking PR stunt. I hate it. (laughs) (laughs) Quit trying to make the the Zion be this such a baby face of the team. Kevin Love, you're fucking old white honky. The Cavs aren't relevant. Nobody gives a shit. Move off of that camera. (laughs) <laughs> go off hey chris i didn't know you were uh, a bernie sanders supporter with all those handouts you expect those billionaires to give out <laughs> wouldn't that make me a non-bernie sanders supporters if i wasn't for billionaire handouts no the billionaires are handing out money to the workers i, I think bernie sanders is pro that um, remind me to look that up on uh brad I mean, am I wrong on this one? You're right, Chris. 
Thank you. It's fucking ridiculous. It's got, if you think about it on the flip side though, it's got to be pretty sweet. If you're the 13 year old pimple face kid sweeping the floor under the basket and you're still getting paid what you would have gotten paid. And you're just sitting your ass at home playing NBA 2k. It's got to be pretty sweet for that guy. I've got no problem with these people fucking getting paid. These people? What do you mean, these people? I just don't like how they've gone about it, like the faces of the franchise acting like they're the ones footing the bill. All right, so Chris, can I can I poke holes in your complete argument since I'm a Democrat? Yeah, go for it. All right, so first of all, the, the teams, some of them may or may not own the building, so the people actually work for the building owner, which may or may not be the team. The building owner also has other events there, concerts, this and that. So they're probably working more than three days a week, just FYI. So this could be somebody's full-time job because you got you can have an NBA game, a Selena Gomez concert, an NHL game, a Justin Bieber yeah, concert. And so you can stack all these things up and up. And so I think there's a little, probably a little more work there than you're, that you, than you're thinking. Uh, a lot of them probably cross over to the Superdome as well, since it's right next to it, just in the New Orleans case. So I think you you probably have a little bit more of a full time job there than you're probably anticipating. Where I where I think the issue is is you're bail you're you're the NBA player you're bailing out these people, but the the people at the uh, restaurant down the road are all getting laid off too. So the the whole city's hurting. It's great that these one section of people are being taken care of, but a lot of these small business owners can't are laying off their employees right now. And we we need some we need some bailout Trumpy Poo. I, I I think we should just call it what it is as far as the NBA this one scenario goes. It's a cheap way to generate a fan base and a loyalty, right? That's all it fucking is. Yeah, so what's wrong with that? What's wrong with that? Some people get paid. This guy gets some some points, some credit. They can all afford it. Everybody's happy. What's wh- where's the where's the bad thing? Who are you taking care of? We we could get we can get to use some cheap pop too. Who you want to donate to? Braddicktech.com. <laughs> <laughs> No free ads. Oh, <laughs> uh, hey, hey Chris, how do you spell ick tech? <laughs> Google will know what you're talking about. Just just give it your best shot. Oh fuck! All right, y'all have anything else y'all want to talk about, or y'all uh, y'all ready to end this quarantine pod? At the uh, one last thing, at the very beginning of this pod, when I was pouring myself a drink, I poured um, a full scotch on the rocks, and then I looked down. I, I looked under my glass for some reason, and there was a dead fruit fly at the bottom. Now, what would you do? Would you pour your drink out and say, "Ah, that's fucking done," or would you just drink it with the fly at the bottom until you were able to get it out? I'd, I'd fish the fly out and continue to drink it. Um, I probably wouldn't have noticed, so I would have drank the fly. All right, we're all on the same page there. Extra protein. I mean, it's probably dangerous now that there's Rona to drinking flies. 
Um, I would say that uh, shouts out to Louisiana because no one would listen to the governor. They had to bring Coach O out and have him give instructions on how to stay home and how to cover your mouth when you cough. So big shout out to Coach O for doing his part to save humanity. I think the ship had already sailed, man. Everybody was already at Mardi Gras. It's not really much you can do if the government withheld how serious it is for, you know, a month and some change. Like they knew about the shit in January and they didn't do anything. A couple of senators sold their stock for millions of dollars and then, you know, didn't do shit. So, okay, Alex Jones. Hey, <laughs> I have the documents. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I think, I think that, uh, pretty much does it. We'll have some good pictures of what we talked about this episode. So, you guys may see those trickling out on social media. Hey, uh, hey, Chris. Since you probably got married since your 2018 tax return, is it going to be is going to be tough to cash that check when it comes out as Chrissy, your normal last name, instead of Chrissy Fandle, like your new last name? <laughs> I uh, I told you guys about how when we went on vacation last at the beach, right? I don't think so. So I've got a couple of these types of stories, so I won't burn them all, but I'll tell you this one as a ending to the pod. <clears throat> so, yeah, the joke is that I took Mallory's last name instead of her taking my last name. And when we went on vacation uh, last summer, we went uh, to this just the beach in Florida and the little uh, resort place we were staying at had, um, you know, just a little service with the the tents and the chairs and shit like that. And you go out there and you rent them. And all you got to do is tell them your, uh, your room number or name. Me and Mallory and Mallory booked the place for us. And so she had yet to change her name at that point. And so still Fandle. So the, the room was booked under the name Fandle. So I go up there, try to rent a little cabana, tell my room number. And they look at me and they're like, oh, hello, Mr. Fandle, right this way. <laughs> <laughs> Got a couple more like that. I'll, I'll, I'll slow fuck them for you. And with that, thank you for joining the podcast, Mr. Fandle. Uncle Al, thanks for being here. Go to bradictech.com for all your latest Corona news and Ninja Turtle uh, cartoons. And... Uh, Stay safe, stay quarantined, don't get the Rona. You don't want to be the person that kills your own grandparents. And uh, Al, take us out. Later, boys. Fucking Rex!